Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. David Eichel here for HawkeyeInsider.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. The Hawkeyes are taking on Western Michigan back at Kinnick this week. Iowa 2-0, about to face off against a pretty much overmatched team, a very new team, a team that just got blown out by Syracuse this past week. So in light of how everything else is going, I thought it'd be better spent to do a Q&A podcast. We still have a ton of preview content over at HawkeyeInsider.com. Game previews, predictions, players to know, etc. On top of that, a bunch of recruiting scoop from our own Sean Box. Be sure to stay tuned to Hawkeye Insider for that. But yeah, my early thoughts about the Western Michigan game. Number one, Iowa has to put up points. Cade McNamara talked earlier this week about how the offense is close. And I asked him if there was a, a sense of frustration because they've been so close. And Cade actually responded with, he feels a sense of confidence from the offense because they know they're so close. Not frustration, but them knowing that they are going to be able to take advantage of opportunities. And I think this Western Michigan team is a perfect kind of addition of a team that Iowa has a shot at taking advantage of. Western Michigan loves to blitz. I anticipate them bringing a lot of pressure to Cade McNamara. And Cade McNamara has talked about how he loves those isolation opportunities. If he gets one of his playmakers in a one-on-one situation uh, with a defensive back, he's going to take that opportunity. He's going to let his guys go out there and try to make a play. So the wide receivers need to get involved this week. Caleb Brown, I would love to see him get a few touches, a couple plays specifically for him. I still think he's the most talented wide receiver in the room. There's just so much there, but he's still piecing it together. He's still learning the offense. Remember, he only got to Iowa in June. And Kirk Ferentz has acknowledged the type of talent that Caleb has, but it's just as important to remain patient while he continues to kind of find himself and and take that next step as being a college receiver. Seth Anderson, I think, has a lot of potential. Nico Ragini, Seth Anderson. Iowa has more talent in that room right now than they've had in the past few years, and they have a quarterback that's capable of delivering the ball. I think this past week against Iowa State was really the first time we've seen how valuable those two weeks of fall camp that McNamara missed how valuable it would have been from a timing standpoint, from a chemistry standpoint. I think Iowa is going to let it fly down the field. I think they're going to try to, I don't want to say run up the score, but this is a game where if Iowa doesn't put up 35 to 40 points, 
I'm wondering what the ceiling of this team is because Western Michigan has not proven to be a team that's strong on the defensive end. Very young team. They have a couple of playmakers on both sides of the ball, but Iowa needs to come out. They need a score early, and they need to make an exciting second and third quarter. I'd also like to see Jazz Patterson continue to emerge as maybe that number two guy. He has the most explosive first step that kind of burst through the line of scrimmage that I don't think an Iowa running back has had since Brandon Wegher. I mean, maybe Akram Wadley is a little bit more shifty in the open field. He wasn't really the between the tackles guy. Tyler Goodson, kind of similar boat. Maybe LaShawn Daniels, but he was more thick bodied uh, than the explosive between the line of scrimmage guys. So I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Iowa garner a few more sacks this week. I don't think that Western Michigan is necessarily going to utilize the quick passing schemes that we've seen Utah State and Iowa State do for the first couple of times. And I also love to see what Iowa's done with the halfback counters, with the halfback tosses. I think there are some new wrinkles that Iowa's utilizing, and it's important that they put that on film. So those are my preliminary thoughts for Western Michigan. Sean Bach and myself will have a post-game reaction podcast on Sunday recapping everything we've seen so be sure to stay tuned to that again we have a ton of stuff over at hawkeyeinsider.com but this is going to be just a quick q a podcast i want to throw together i'm going to try to throw more of these together as the season goes along i love the interactions i like putting these out so please be sure to let me know if you enjoy these first question how will nico's big 10 public reprimand impact his game yeah i mean what a pointless sequence of events right Look, I love Nico speaking out a little bit more. I know some people could deal without the language, but the canned answers, the regurgitate answers, the rehearsed answers, the PR answers, as I like to call them, of course, sometimes they just have to be said. But let's be real. I loved it. I think the fans loved it. And it was nice to see that kind of personality showcase itself. But a public reprimand basically does nothing other than the fact that the Big Ten said, oh, we saw it. No, no, wag finger, like putting your kid in timeout for five minutes before laying them out. I don't know if how many people are SpongeBob fans. It's like the SpongeBob episode where they steal a balloon, they turn themselves in, they put him in prison for two seconds, and then open the door and say, all right, time's up. Even that had more merit and a better point than the public reprimand. And then I don't even know if Nico actually put the words together for his apology. I'm sure it was just some PR thing he signed off on. Well and good. I thought it was worth the call out. They weren't going to find him, and that's something Nico kind of joked about as well. It was a clear PI. Anybody telling you it wasn't otherwise is just bias or they don't know football or both. With that being said, I don't think people should be that upset about the non-PI call maybe other than Cade McNamara because it impacts his interception numbers. Iowa got pick six two plays later. They put up the points. It doesn't matter. And it was funny because a lot of Michigan people were upset about Cade saying he's not used to the defense scoring points. And to that I say he wasn't taking a dig at Michigan. And if you want to go back and look through the script, I think Michigan has scored four defensive touchdowns since 2020. Iowa has scored 11 in that same time frame. It's a pretty significant difference. Uh, Then obviously a lot of comments about Cade's viral press conference video. I'm not going to mention on this podcast, but it was absolutely hysterical. And again, it goes back to 
what I said about Nico. It was nice to see that kind of personality, non-robotic answers. And it was just, I don't know, I'm, I'm a big fan of getting to see the person for the person instead of the football player or the basketball player or the athlete or coach. So it, it's funny, right? Iowa's running game has been solid when they call gap and counter, but their outside zone runs are awful. There's always leakage, always behind the sticks, borderline drive ruiner every time it's called. Will Kirk Ferentz and Brian Ferentz adjust and ditch the outside zone, or are they too stuck in their own ways? So a couple things to keep in mind here. One, I think Iowa has been limited in the outside zone because of Cade's limitations. Yes, he's been able to play. He has not been 100%. They're going to continue with the outside zone. But I also think they've been encouraged by some of these new wrinkles. The counter, obviously, was huge when Jazz Patterson went 59 yards down. The toss plays I've really liked as well. The gap plays. I thought on that counter, Connor Colby put up his best block of his college career thus far. The outside zone's going to be a part of Iowa football. I've just come to accept that. I'm sure a lot of you have as well. But I think it's valuable for this team to continue to put different aspects on film when it comes to that. And I think that's going to help the outside zone. And the reality is when it comes to the Iowa running attack as a whole, Iowa needs to get their wide receivers involved so the team stops stacking the box. I think it's partially due to scheme. But I don't think that's the easy fix to fix the run game. There's a lot of different components that Iowa needs to continue to progress in order for them to fully fix it. And I think they have the personnel to be able to do it. Now, how soon can they do it? I do not know that. I think that's what we're really kind of waiting to see. Over-unders for Saturday. Cade, 200 passing yards. Over. Total catches by the Iowa wide receivers. Over. Nine and a half tackles for Jay Higgins. I will go under. I think Nick Jackson's going to have his best game. I think Jamari Harris is going to look to assert himself. Remember, he's coming back from missing the two games, has not played since the Citrus Bowl in 2021. Deshaun Lee, by the way, he's got some long-term confidence. I absolutely loved what I saw out of him. He's going to be a guy to keep an eye on moving forward. But I'm very curious if Jamari Harris is going to continue that upward ascension that we saw from the Citrus Bowl. And I think he has the ability. So anyway, to go back to Higgins, I'm going to go under. I think he has nine, six and a half total points for Western Michigan. I'm going to go over. I believe my official prediction was 38 to 10. I think Western Michigan gets a garbage touchdown in the fourth quarter. They'll get a field goal in the second quarter. I'll say two and a half sacks for the defense. I'm going to go over Deontay Craig gets one. Aaron Graves gets one and uh, we'll see who else gets one. But I think there's going to be three players that have at least one sack. Three and a half total points scored by Iowa. I think it's going to be over. I think they get 38. And I think when looking at this Western Michigan team, when looking at this Iowa team as a whole, if they don't score at least 30, the red flags are going to kind of go up for me. The sirens are going to start going a little bit. Uh, and I think that'd be a very demoralizing thing going into Penn State, knowing you couldn't put up 31 or more against Western Michigan, who is just not a good football team right now. They're, they're young, new coach. Iowa has to take care of business. 4.1 average yards per rush for Iowa. 
that's a really good number too. I'm going to go under simply because I need to see it before I pick them to go over. I think they should go over. I think they should be expected to go over, but we need to see that level of production at this point in order to actually make it work. One half turnovers to the Iowa defense, I'm going to go over. I think they get at least one interception. I think they force a fumble as well. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Is Brian Ferentz being asked to do too much as the offense coordinator and quarterback coach? Should Iowa have a dedicated quarterback and slash or wide receiver coach? Those positions have been hoarded under the Ferentz helm. I think I'm with I think everybody's with me when I say I was very questionable about the choice to move Brian to quarterbacks, especially after the bad year they has in offense to go from offensive coordinator to offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. I think that's a lot on his plate. I still don't think that's the correct approach, but I also think that getting John Budmeyer in was a big, big deal. It was one of the biggest reasons why Iowa got quarterback Cade McNamara. I think getting him in there, him assisting Brian, I think that's gone a long way. Uh, I don't want to say it's wait and see right now when it comes to that, but there has to be a noticeably improved position group this season for me to say, I feel optimistic about Iowa with their current staff moving forward. I think they would be better served with just a quarterback coach. But if you're saying it's uncommon for an offensive coordinator to be the quarterback coach as well, it's pretty common around the country. But I understand the hesitancy simply because of the lack of production there. But again, I think they took the right step in the right direction by getting John Budmeyer and the wide receiver room. I think they've got more talent there. I think they're healthier and the health has been a huge thing, right? I think Iowa from a route tree standpoint has not been good. I think Kelton Copeland's the right guy. I just think from the Iowa offense as a whole, they do need to cater it more toward wide receivers. And I don't know how much blame you can really put on Kelton Copeland when it comes to that. Uh, Maybe I'm off base with that. Simply just the way I feel about it though. Uh, how and when will Caleb Brown be used as a slot receiver and on jet sweeps? He has elite speed. Uh, and there are some other words I will not repeat. Look, I'm with you. I think Caleb Brown needs to be a focal point this week in terms of just getting him opportunities to make plays. He has great speed. He has great athleticism. I tweeted out during the open scrimmage. I think he has some of the quickest feet I can remember an Iowa wide receiver having. But again, this is one of those things where I try to temper the expectations early. It's a guy with one career reception. Only played 18 months of college football. Got to Iowa not even three months ago, maybe three months ago. Patience. I think he's going to win Iowa a game this year. I think he's going to continue to progress. I think he's going to have an outstanding back half of this season. But early on, he's still learning the offense. And you don't want to just throw a guy out there, despite how great he might be physically, 
but he doesn't know what's going on within the play. It's a hard, hard thing when it comes to understanding offenses and the complexities of the routes and how precise you have to be, the technicality behind it, the chemistry you have to have with the quarterbacks. Caleb Brown should be getting the ball. I think I'd love to use him in a jet sweep. I think maybe a, a wide receiver screen at a good time, I think that'd be a good way. Just to show in that you are committed to him being a big part of the team going forward. So I'd really like to see that going. Uh, where does Iowa find a pass rush from the outsider end? Somebody mentioned I would like to see Brian Allen get a shot. Maybe like a Raider package. I like the Raider package as well. I think it'd be an interesting wrinkle within this Iowa defense. But I'm asking people to take a step away from the ledge when it comes to the sack numbers. Look at the film. Look at how teams have attacked Iowa. There have been quick passes, screens, slants, out routes, three, four yards. The quarterback's not holding on the ball for more than two seconds. And when they're going so far wide, Iowa has to, you know, audible out of some of their blitzes. I know Iowa's wanting to blitz a couple times, but they've had to check out of it because if the blitz is there, somebody else will give you open. That creates an explosive play. And Phil Parker is adamant about not giving up explosive plays. Give it another couple of weeks. If we're still in this kind of same category, then the red flags might be going off. But as far as a talent and a depth perception, when it comes to this defensive line room, I, I think Iowa's doing all right. I still have a lot of faith in them. Does Iowa solidify the five-man rotation on the offensive line this week? No, not against Western Michigan. I know they like to settle in on that, but I'd also caution you with this. I don't think we're ever going to see a solidified five-man rotation. I think there's going to be a solidified six- or seven-man rotation. I think Dijon Parker could get some run to offensive tackle. Rusty Feth at offensive guard. Uh, Bo Stevens, who's missed a lot of times, slowly getting back into the rhythm of things. I think he could play a factor. Do not expect a five-man offensive line rotation. And the reality is I think Iowa's going to be better suited if they have another couple of guys that they can throw in there. Somebody else followed up and asked about Caleb Brown over under 0.5 catches over. I think he's got three. I think they're going to continue. Uh, they're going to continue to try to give him the ball. And especially the wide receivers this week. If Cage struggles in this game, should we actually be more worried about Brian Ferentz, the quarterback coach, than Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator? Cade's a big upgrade. No, Cade's a, Cade's a big upgrade. I, I'm, I would not really be worried about Brian the quarterback coach from that standpoint I think it's unfair given Cade's a first-year guy to Iowa yes he has plenty of experience but he's been hurt for the first two games and he missed two weeks of fall camp I think if he doesn't if his production tumbles over the course of the season then I think you're still kind of not just from a quarterback coach perspective but an offensive coordinator perspective because from an offensive coordinator perspective yes you have what you want to do. You have you conceptualize your ideas. But the way I've always approached evaluating offensive coordinators is are you putting up points and are you putting your players that you have, your personnel, in the best situation possible and are you getting the ball to playmakers? That remains to be seen this season. I still think it's a little bit too early to really cast a, a shadow or a, a blanket over everything that could potentially happen this season. So I would say let's evaluate that in the next four to five weeks or so. What's your reaction when you see Iowa favored by more than 25? 
I mean, you can't not favor them by 28 and a half when you just look at these two teams on film. It's certainly an interesting scenario considering Iowa only scored 28 or more points last season once, and that was against Northwestern when they had 33. So to be favored by 28 and a half is, I think kind of says it all right there, right? Uh, what true freshman will get extended minutes if it's a blowout? To be quite honest with you, I don't think many. I think where I would look at potentially is Zach Ortworth at tight end. I think he's a possibility. Wide receivers, Jerry at Bowie. And Dayton Howard, I think, could see some time. Maybe Ben Keeter. Don't quote me on that. Maybe Ben Keeter. I'm not completely sold on that. I'd also keep a close eye on defensive back John Nestor. He had a really solid fall camp. He was intercepting a lot of passes, still understanding the defense, but that's a guy that I think people will want to keep an eye on moving forward. When's the next time Iowa hits 40 points in a game? I know I said they're scoring 38 this week. I'm going to change it. I think Iowa puts up 45. I think Iowa gets over the 40-point threshold this week. I think they're going to be driven for it. And again, I think it should be expected. Will Cade throw for over 300 yards? No. No, I think he's going to go for 240, 250, three touchdowns. Then he's going to be on the bench the rest of the game to really allow his quad to finish healing up. And I think that's the correct approach to it. And if you like explosive plays and a big arm, uh, if Deacon Hill gets in there, he is going to absolutely let it rip downfield. And I'm very excited to see it. Couple of recruiting questions. We're gonna leave that in the Hawkeye Insider VIP board. Sean's been all over the basketball, football stuff. Uh, but I want to keep it off the podcast. Keep this strictly for what's going on within Iowa football on the field. And what is the most insert Nico Regani quote that you've ever seen? If you aren't sure what that is, I'm not gonna get in trouble by repeating the phrase. Uh, bull junkie, freaking call that I've ever seen. Oh, Chad Greenway being offsides for sure, right? Chad Greenway was not offsides. He's the farthest guy back. And the fact that nobody's ever come out and just admitted that is pretty crazy to me. No, I would say Chad Greenway is uh, certainly up there. And from a basketball perspective, how about Iowa fouling Rutgers with like 0.2 seconds left a couple basketball seasons ago? That was just absolutely horrendous. And to top it all off about any any game Courtney Green officiates. And Nico Reganis was pretty pretty bad too. I will say that. Jeremiah Cooper. Uh, great interception total for him. Obvious pass interference there. But that's going to wrap up this Q&A podcast. I appreciate the questions. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate the interactions. Be sure to stay tuned to HawkeyeInsider.com 24-7 Sports. Be sure to follow us on Twitter or X at David Eichel at SBOC247 and at Hawkeyes on 247. We will talk soon after Iowa plays Western Michigan.